Across Tamworth and the northwest slopes and plains, you're waking up to 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Mm. Have you been following the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing? Vaguely. It's, uh, I thought a news hound like you would be all over that crappy little it's not my cup of voyeuristic tea. story. It's actually, uh, the interesting thing is it's become a great big trial on Johnny Depp, but it's actually, he's the plaintiff. Yeah, I mean, and he must he's have suing, known. he's suing the Sun or whoever this, the whatever newspaper is over there, for libel for saying that he was a wife beater. Yeah. So. So there's going to be a deposition, which he would have known. So, I mean, does he have a movie coming out? I'm at the point now where I'm wow. just like so yeah. cynical of a lot of people in the spotlight that, you know, even. I mean, yesterday Kanye was having a full meltdown on Twitter. He's actually deleted a lot of them now. Mm-hmm. But you follow him then? That says yeah. to me, does it? Yeah. Well, yep. I mean, he said he was going to run for president. He's kind of still is kind of not. He can't get. Doesn't he have to have enough? He's not on all the ballot papers in every yeah. state, so it's just kind of ridiculous. But um, yeah, so I don't the know with the Johnny crazy. Depp Amber Heard thing. I think they were not in a very healthy relationship, and I think glamorizing no, hitting each other, yeah, in this way is just like well, the fact that she's needed. lined up to really put the boot into him as well um, just seems. I don't know why didn't she charge him in the first place if this has all gone on? Was there any? I think she did. I think they were both just in a toxic relationship yeah. to get out mm. and. Um, I mean, I don't know why he's. Yeah, I mean, he's suing her as well in the US, but he's. And you, he's so, suing. someone who knows only vaguely about it, you know, sure know a lot about it. I didn't know that. I thought this was just a whole. So that that puts a whole different spin on it then, because. He's suing. He's suing everyone because he. I don't know. Probably he probably can. It's very hard to in a, in England, kind of similar to Australia, hard to. Um, for the media to protect what they say, that mm, the burden mm. of proof is like against them to prove that it's true, um, mm, what they printed. Mm. Whereas in America, freedom of speech, I think she's got a lot more okay. of a chance of winning. So are you, when you say she... Amber Heard. Amber Heard. So the son, you're saying the son's in a bit of trouble here. Yeah, I'd say so. Because you you see you see a lot of people on the current affairs shows and things, and no one seems to have a bad word to say about Johnny Depp. That's the thing, and that's not I to mean, say that this doesn't happen she behind get... closed doors and all that yeah. sort of thing. And that's another issue if I don't think if she it's got happening with no one else. Nowhere. Like she, yeah, that's the, true. She, she put yeah, up yeah. photos where she looked very badly beaten. Mm. Uh, I mm. mean, so did he, right? He had a finger chopped off or something crazy mm. like that. Mm. Um, yeah, that came. That was on the Gold Coast, I think, wasn't it? I think so. I think it was, was in the hotel. That was in the hotel on the, when they when they brought the two dogs out. Yes. Yeah. So the, yeah, well, it's just a. I don't know, I guess the answer is a pineapple. What's happening in the real news this morning? <laughs> um, well, the Narrabri Gas Project hearing is continuing. Yesterday, they heard from a lot of uh, locals, some in favour for the okay. business economic Did I aspects. hear that 98% of their submissions were against it? Was that's that, correct. That's a lot. Or, or it is a lot. If you were for it, would you put a submission in? Yes, they do. You, you would? Um, or so you when just... it comes to local submissions, so people that are actually in the immediate vicinity of where the wells are going to be, mm-hmm. it was a little bit less of a difference. So about 40% of um, local submissions are in favour. So there's still a majority. Okay, so there is a few, but more than... 
two percent. Still a majority yeah. against. Um, so yesterday, a lot of local land owners were saying that this project will make their land, their businesses, uninsurable because of the the risks associated with the wells. Yeah. So what are those risks? So uh, is it? It's not a fracking thing, is it? It's no. A, so they're not fracking. It's just fracking. a drilling down yeah. to get gas. Is that? That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a bit. Uh, yeah. No. Honestly, it's, ex- on this. No, it's yeah. very complicated. I'm not even mm. an expert on it. I'm trying to get around all the facts. Mm. A lot of the concerns are around the water aquifers, mm-hmm. um, and there's a whole lot of and they're unknowns. so precious. You cannot yeah, mess so with the aquifers. That's that's a, that's a legitimate. Yeah. Uh, beef, that one, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of unknown unknowns because they're going deeper than they have before. They're going okay. to areas yep. unexplored. So um, there was on the first day, actually, the council assisting the commissioners um, asked the Department of Planning representative, David Kiddo, they asked him if based off what they've written, what the government has written in their submission saying it should be approved basically he was asking doesn't that doesn't all these unknowns trigger a precautionary principle which means Mm. that if there are unknowns and the risks associated with the unknowns could cause irreversible harm then this this principle should be triggered and it should just not go ahead um the government state government department said no that's not the case um but some people are saying yes, that is the case. So well, you can't undig it once you've dug it. If it's causing major damage, you can't. Yeah, so they're well, saying if it's that they deep, can I don't think. I mean, you can undig a hole, obviously, and fill it yeah. back in. But once that damage is done to the aquifers, if and when it does happen, there's no sort of putting the, putting the cat the back water, in the bag, is there? There is no that that would be mm. irreversible so harm. It's a, yeah. Is there a precedent around this area for that sort of... Well, there's I know a lot you're of saying they've, they're going deeper than they've ever gone, which is New South concern. Wales doesn't have a precedent, but there mm. is in Queensland. So there's a lot of comparisons happening right now with the gas in Queensland. Um, proponents of the uh, project here are saying, look at Queensland's cheap gas prices, look at the economic boost of having the... Um, industry in a regional area, and then other people are saying, "Look at the destruction of the environment." Yeah. Look so at it always the comes damage. down to e- economic benefit versus environmental damage, doesn't it? All, all of these projects always come down to yeah. Well, I mean, look, we're going to get five hundred new jobs versus once we've destroyed that, we'll never get it back. Sort of thing, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, and mm. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not an expert, but and I'm only, I've only actually been in this area for about a month now, mm. but. It's in, it's in, it's crazy the amount of money that this the federal government has mm. used or put into the area for renewables as well. So just last week we were announcing, um, you know, millions of dollars going into make this region and the West like the biggest renewable energy zones mm. in the state. So it's it's interesting that they're saying you know this is going to build. $12 billion of private investment with renewables, yep. but we're still going to consider this one. And obviously there has to be, you know, like a combination to start with, I think. Mm. Um, you would have been down at Nundal the other week too and seen the signs down there about um, not putting the big wind turbines up. They're saying 
don't yeah. destroy the hills of gold or something. There's signs down there and they've got the wind yeah. turbines on that. So that, I guess that's a renewable project that people are not, mm, ale- not wanting to go ahead as well. So. And then uh, the other thing in the news was earlier this week on Monday night up in Manila, they had an annual, they had their first annual general meeting for a new community owned uh, solar farm that's been in the mm. works for years. And th- again, they have millions of dollars of government investment to have a hydrogen battery. So like Elon Musk style yeah, battery. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be the first one in the state and local people are going to be the first ones invited to buy shares and invest. So you can actually yeah, good. own that's, part that's of it. That's terrific. That's, maybe that's the new model. I think it is. I was pretty excited Community when I was talking based. to the president mm. yesterday afternoon. It'll be in our news bulletin when there'll be more to come. But um, mm. No, I'd love to keep following that one up with you because that sounds like an exciting... Imagine not only being able to use solar captured from your area, but also owning part of it. So when that battery can capture and hold more energy than the small town of Manila uses, you're going to sell it to the rest of the state and you're mm. going to make money off it. And you're going to get free energy... Uh, from yeah. the solar, I guess. So I assume there's a paying off period of the. Yeah, there would. And there be. will be some kind of maintenance required on that as well. I guess some ongoing yeah. costs involved. Yeah. yeah, it won't be like immediate returns. Um, I mean, mm. honestly, they still well haven't worth even worked crack, that though. out. They yeah. haven't even worked those details out. But yeah, exciting. I think. Mm. We should get someone on the show about that. I'm sure I can get Emma for you. I reckon that'd be terrific. All right, we might talk to her next week or something. And just talk about that because that sounds like a model that might work moving forward in a lot of different spaces. Exactly. And, and get the community your... involved, get yes. the community a benefit. Yes. If you're, if it's and your area that's mm. going to have this project, why shouldn't you be partial yeah. owners, you know? Yeah, exactly in my right. opinion, anyway. Mm. It's just a smaller, <laughs> it's just on a smaller scale than say, you know, Western Australia having all of those mines over there. It's just taking that down to a lower level, really. Exactly. Western Australia gets the benefit of all that iron ore and stuff they've but got over really there. But who really gets the money in that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the government gets it, and they they, they put yeah, that into infrastructure, and and you know, there's jobs and all that evolved, evolved in that as well. But at a at a micro level, which is what this is, um, you can see some real benefits for it. I think it's a great idea. Let's talk more about that. Mm. Thanks. You're welcome. Get your day underway with 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley on Tamworth Zone, 1287 2TM. Blake's made a big faux pas in England and he's been viewed five million times on social media at his own wedding. I didn't even know this was a tradition, but I guess it was. We didn't have a traditional... We had a... Well, it's a traditional wedding. We had a wedding in a church. Uh, And then we went back to uh, a place for the reception and we had a croakenbush which is one of those things with all the profiteroles as a wedding cake. Because we thought that's a great idea because everyone can just grab a ball and there's your dessert. Ah, no, cleaning up, all that sort of stuff. That's fantastic. A bride has shared the horrifying moment her new husband broke one of the oldest wedding traditions, which I wasn't aware of. I may have done this, but long time ago now. Ali Down said her husband were at their wedding reception when a guest captured his rookie mistake on their phone. The newlyweds had just cut the cake as a pair, the first of the tradition that acts as a symbol. So you get one hand on each and you cut it. I don't know what we did. We must have grabbed the ball each, I suppose. I really, we must have stuck a knife in it and just gone down it, I think, something like that. Uh, they're about to complete the second part where you feed each other the first bite of cake. 
uh, which symbolises the first tasks completed as a married couple. Uh, of course, he just stuck his fork into the cake and just smashed it <laughs> himself. <laughs> the bloke was probably hungry. He's all nervous and everything. I can't remember much about mine because I was probably half cut at the time. Uh, my, my brother's wife... <laughs> She fed me a couple of shots before the wedding to calm me down. I was pretty calm, but I wasn't going to say no to a couple of shots. <laughs> so I, was sort of a bit, I was a bit wobbly. Uh, the video shows Ali holding a plate of their chocolate wedding cake, which is interesting now, isn't it? You just have whatever you want. You don't have the traditional fruit cake anymore with the armoured icing on it. Uh, before Jake takes a chunk of it, but instead of feeding it to his new wife, uh, he just smashed it himself. Uh, and as he does so, you can see the shock. On the lady's face. Get ready for it. Get ready for 25 years of that. Uh, she then mouthed something to him, which we assume is, you're supposed to feed it to me. Uh, it's, it's been viewed five million times on social media with, a, with of course, the, the myriad comments as well. He said, I'm hungry, too bad. Uh, one woman admitted, my husband did this as well. He cut the cake alone and then fed himself. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And my husband and I both fed ourselves the cake and didn't think twice until a bunch of families yelled at us and said, hey, you're supposed to feed it to each other. I didn't know that either. <laughs> but as I said, we had a croaking bush. I reckon it was a great idea. Tamworth Zone, 1287, 2TM. And 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Most of your Facebook friends are not really your friends. Study done by an Oxford University professor at more than 3,300 Facebook users in the UK concluded there are only 4.1 dependable friends out of a typical user's 150 Facebook friends. That's probably right, isn't it? I'm not on the Facebook, but I was for a little while there until I found it was just a little bit disingenuous. Uh, friendships, in inverted commas, our brave professor concluded, have a natural decay rate in the absence of contact, and social media may well function to slow down the rate of decay. However, that alone may not be sufficient to prevent friendships eventually dying naturally if they are not occasionally reinforced by face-to-face -face interaction. Do you go through your friends every you know year and say, okay, used to work with that bloke, haven't spoken to him for two years, better just... I think I'll just broom him and, and do that, or do you just leave them there forever? You don't want to upset anyone, I guess, do you? Social networks typically encourage promiscuous friending of individuals who often have very tenuous links. Uh, Darn, I was just going to invite all my Facebook friends over to watch Game of Thrones next Sunday. <laughs> so there you go. You've, got four point, you've probably only got 4.1 dependable friends anyway. If you've got that many, you're probably going all right, I reckon. That's why we don't have hovercars. Wake up and face the day with 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Tamworth Zone, 1287, 2TM. There you go. Sorry, I'm a bit laid back from the break there, but an interesting thing just popped up. Tony Ambrogetti just told me that she's, she thought yesterday, I might go get a lamington. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a lamington in about 10 years, but I just feel like a lamington. Uh, it turned out yesterday was World Lamington Day. Don't tell me that there's some, not some big force going around the universe here. <laughs> we had our isolation album on the weekend. This sort of thing seems to be happening all the time in here. I don't know what it is about 2TM. There's some kind of a swirling vortex 
Our isolation album on the weekend, last weekend, if you listen to it, was Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And I'd never heard of this story before, but so, and it's, I've, I've confirmed it online, so it must be true, that if you play Dark Side of the Moon over the top of The Wizard of Oz, the movie, it always, it, it syncs up and all the different, all the different stuff in that syncs to the movie. You can look that up, you can Google that, and people have done it, and you can see examples of it and all that sort of thing. I went, wow, I've never heard of that before. That's absolutely incredible. Anyway, we played the album on Saturday morning. Get home on Sunday, Wizard of Oz is on. <laughs> the movie. Little coincidences like that. Just happening left, right, and centre around 2TM at the moment. It's a little bit spooky. Let's go to the States now, find out what's happening in the good old US of A today. A woman climbed into an alligator pit with her young son, who wandered freely near dozens of alligators while she went to fetch her wallet, which she dropped in there. And a bunch of people watched on in horror. The wild scene played out at Safari North Wildlife Park in Brannard, Minnesota, with stunned onlookers. And you can see, you can view this online if you want. Watching the mother and son risk life and limb. The kid's about four years old, and she just puts him down and he just goes for a bit of a wander around the alligator pool. While she tries to retrieve her wallet out of the pool. Uh, the woman's wallet was floating. Saturday in the middle of the small pond, chock full of gators, and her daring son was dangerously close uh, to getting it back. But the kid came up empty, <laughs> and so did the alligators. Uh, but Mama stormed in to make the rescue, and it was only about the smart move she made was figuring out how to s- distract the sharp-toothed animals long enough to grab her floating wallet. She basically threw a few rocks over to the other side of the pool so the allig- those, those dumb alligators <laughs> would think it was food, and they went the other way. She then reached into the pool, grabbed her wallet, and retrieved it. Meanwhile, the four-year-old son's just casually wandering around, dipping his toes into the water having a good old time uh fortunately mother and son survived and we can all have a good laugh about it now uh but the zoo's not laughing sources close to the wildlife park said staffers didn't even know about the incident until the video started going viral and park honchos are very disturbed uh the zoo wants to press charge against the woman for child endangerment if she's identified of course she's not saying nothing now uh, one particular thing ruffling the zoo's feathers, the park has fences and signs not only pr- to protect guests, but to protect animals as well. I tell you what, you don't want to get into an argument with her by the sound. Right across Tamworth and the northwest slopes and plains, this is 2TM Breakfast with Peter Huxley. Tamworth Zone, 1287 2TM.